This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I'll bring you a message entitled Living Within the limits, I'm going to be reading from the Good News Translation from 2 John, verse number 9, living within the limits. Father, before I read it, I know, Lord, it seems like I'm just waiting to begin, but Lord, I just want your presence here. Let your mantle cover us. Send your spirit here. Lord, open your word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen to what it says in this. I love this version of it. Anyone who does not stay with the teaching of Christ, but goes, listen to this, beyond it. Wow. Anyone who does not stay with the teaching of Christ, but goes beyond it, does not have God. Whoever does stay with the teaching has, notice this, both the Father and the Son. Has both the Father and the Son. Now, as I began to research this, I usually take everything back to the King James or the New King James and New Living, and then I took it all the way through the message. I took it through the NIV. I began to just, just, just put all of this, all these verses because they were so different in so many translations. So many of them, they were just, they were totally different. So not only did I take it to that, but I began to look and see what the Greek said about this and, and what the one thing that keeps coming up is the very theme that stood out to me that the Good News Translation seems to, to have made it the, the best uh, example here is it keeps speaking of not staying within the parameters or living outside of or the going beyond. And, and the majority of the versions of Scripture, not the King James, but the majority of the versions of Scripture speak of this going beyond. And that's what really stood out to me as I, as I began to read. And I began to think about all the limits that we have in place in our life. From our earliest age, uh, life has been about learning to live within the limits. We are limited at first to our parents' arms. We are then limited to our cradles. And I don't know if they consider this not politically correct or not, but we used to have a thing called play pens. In other words, we had a cage they stuck us in. Anybody remember that? Yeah, that may be wrong now, but it was, uh, 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 I'm sure, a blessing for our parents. Amen. Not only did we have that, that safe zone that we were in of that playpen, but then we had that, that fenced in backyard. As long as you stay in the yard, right? Is there anybody in here that, that from your earliest age, you began to try to get past the limits? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, lots of us, we deal with that. You know, we go from the backyard, then you go to the playground, and from the playground, uh, uh, you end up, uh, uh, as your world begins to get a little bigger and a little bigger, uh, your parents throw you a set of keys and tell you you can go within here and here, but you start stretching it a little more and a little more, and, and we're always pushing the limits. I thought about how even though when the limits are removed and, you know, I'm old enough to go where I want and do what I want to do, uh, there's still limitations that fall to us in our lives. I thought about how then that uh, some people are limited by, by certain fears. Anybody here that's limited by the fear of flying? No? Okay, one right over here. Some people are like, I'd love to go to Hawaii, but I, I can't fly there. People come to me all the time. I'd love to go on a mission trip with you, but, but I just, I, I, I can't get on that plane with you, Pastor. I'm like, hey, I get it. I, I've been on some of those flights, those flights where they're like, we're, we're sorry, we can't take off right now, but we're having an engine issue. And you're like, we're fine with that. Don't take off right now, you know? 
I'm sitting there praying, God, please, please, if it's not fixed 100%, don't let it move, God, you know? I, I remember one time we were, I think, in Miami, and they were saying they didn't know if it'd take off, and, and the next day was like Christmas Sunday, and I was like, I have got to get back to my church. And so uh, I was like, Lord, you're going to have to put a new engine in here if necessary. But I know a lot of people, they're limited by the fear of flying. Some people are limited by fear of cultural barriers. They're, they're afraid to branch out and to reach out to other people because they, they don't understand. They're afraid that they'll, they'll, they'll say something wrong. And I've told you about all the mistakes that I've made and, and how when, I, when I'm trying to learn Spanish and how I get myself in trouble. So like in, in Mexico, I was there and, and they came up to me afterwards and there was a group of ladies and they, they were asking me, uh, and the word they were using was, uh, esta casado, esta casado pastor. And which means, are you married? Are you married? And, and, and I thought they were saying, esta cansado, casado, cansado. You hear it? You hear it? Casado, cansado. It's a little different. One means, are you married? The other one means, are you tired? They were like, are you married, Pastor? I said, oh, I'm very, very tired. <laughs> Essentially, I was telling them, yeah, and I'm tired of it. I'm real tired of it, you know? <laughs> or in Honduras, a little lady, she comes up, and I think I've told you all this story before. She comes up to me, and, and I'm so tired. We have been ministering. I'm just dragging myself up the stairs, and we always try to witness to all the people in the hotel there. And she's, she's an older lady there, and she's just she's sitting there, and, and, and she comes up to me, and, and, and I'm just trying to be nice to her. And she's trying to talk to me, and I'm really not understanding her. And, and the best thing to say to folks when you're in another country is, you know, your, your land is very beautiful here. Everything here is just, you know, we love your country and we love you. And, and, and she just starts smiling and grinning, her little toothless grin, just, just, just ear to ear. And I realized that I had told her three times I was in love with her very, very much, you know. And so, you know, it wasn't good. And if people are afraid to make mistakes and it holds them back and it creates limits. I thought about all the ways we limit ourselves or even the way that people are afraid to fail. You know, I, I, I was reading today, and, and, and I guess that's maybe where this line come from, came from. I always try to read something to encourage myself or to, to stretch and grow myself. And as I was reading, you know, they quoted Wayne Gretzky. And Wayne Gretzky, the famous hockey player, most, you know, Michael Jordan of, of hockey, he, um, they quoted him, and he said this. He said, I missed 100% of the shots I never took. Wow. I missed 100% of the shots I never took. Here's another quote that I got. I maybe manipulated a little bit because uh, I can't remember exactly how it went, but it, it basically said, uh, good intentions do not even compare to the weakest of action. A lot of people got some great ideas. They really want to move forward, but, but limitations come on them. And, you know, so we, we start off with life with all these limitations and then we limit ourselves in other ways, but others feel like they were created to stretch the limits, to color outside the lines and to feel good about it. Let me be clear about this. There is nothing wrong with creativity. There is nothing wrong with challenging the traditions of man because if it's holding people back, just because everybody's always done it this way does not mean that we need to continue that way. You know, I mean, thank God for a microwave. Things progress. Things get better. Churches that say, you know, you can't use modern technology in church because it takes away from the presence of God. I'm going to tell you, you dim those lights a little bit. It, it helps me focus. Seeing those beautiful scenes up on that screen help inspire me when the, when the whole world's trying to j rip my attention span away. 
using those things for the benefit. It's all good. So sometimes we need to break the traditions of men that try to limit us. But our text today is making some pretty clear statements about certain limits that, that are best if we allow them to stay in place. And in our lives, we're always challenging these limits. And I want to, I want to read you this passage from, from the Amplified Bible. Second John, uh, verse number nine says, from the Amplified Bible says, anyone who runs on ahead of God and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, who is not content with what he taught, does not have God. But he who continues to live within the doctrine of Christ, so in other words, he that says, God, I'm not going to live within the limitations of what Christ has taught me to do in my life, does not have God. Wow, that's a pretty bold statement. If you're not willing to live within the examples that Christ has given you, be not mistaken, God is not ruling in your life. Wow, that's the going beyond. But he who continues to live within those boundaries of safety that Christ has put in his life does have God. And he not only has God, but I love the way it says this, he has both the Father and the Son. And I said, okay, God, this verse has my attention. How in the world can we go beyond Christ? And how do you do that? And then why does it say you don't only not know God, but, but you don't know him as Father and Son? How does that work? Where does that come from that, that God, aren't show me? And that's, that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, about these key points in the scripture. The very first thing that I, I begin to notice, he said, anyone who does not stay within or with the teaching of Christ, if you don't live within those, those implied limitations or boundaries, somebody said, well, Pastor Don, you know, that, you're just telling me what religion is. Religion is this, 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 this thing that wants to bind me, and I just want to be real plain about it. Religion will bind you. Because religion is a set of rules that man creates to try to earn a relationship with God. But I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about what comes to you by the grace of Jesus Christ that he has then taught us not how to follow man's teachings, but how to follow the teachings of the Son of the living God. That if we live within or with the teachings of Christ implies those clear boundaries, boundaries that established are established somehow. And how are these boundaries established? Not by man's teachings, but by following the teachings of Christ. Let's just talk about a couple of those boundaries that, that Christ puts in place, or a few of those. Some of the boundaries that Christ puts in place, he said, look, the most important thing that you need to focus on in your life, but I'm giving you sound doctrine right now. And that's what this verse is talking about. If you learn to live within what the Bible says you should do, there's something that's going to happen in your life that's going to change who and what you know God has for your life. And the very first thing I see here is that he said the most important boundary, the most important decision, the most important choice you have to make in your life is that above all else, you love God. If you can't love God from what you're about to do, then don't do it. If what you're about to do would prevent, I always say it this way, if you can't hold on to the cross and reach out for what you're reaching out for, then something's wrong. This is good teaching. And we can all enjoy this kind of, uh, well, Lord, okay, I want to love you first. But the thing is, what do we have to let go of to say, okay, God, I can't be focused on you because I'm so focused on this. And what happens is we begin to live out of the limits of Christ that Christ said, look, do nothing unless you're following after God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And let me just tell you, it's possible to live and enjoy life within those boundaries of following God with all that you are. 
It's totally possible. And Christ said, all right, with every decision, love God. The second thing that he said is even like unto the first, that you should love your neighbor as yourself. So if you can't do what you're about to do without hurting somebody else, stop. Amen. Don't do it. That's one of the limitations that Christ is speaking of here. Now, that limitations of Christ, I have found that in the Scripture, every no that God gives us is always followed up with a promise, Scripture tells us. The world just tells you, no, you can't, and brings hurt. But God says, if you'll honor me, I will honor you. If you will do this, I will bless you. If you will do this, you won't have to live with this curse in your life. And every promise of God, and there's one place we see it says, this is the first commandment that comes with a promise. Every promise of God has this. It might look like it's limiting you in one area, but how does limiting you by saying love God above all else, what does it do? It helps you from following selfish traits and selfish things that have been passed down to you that will keep you in a a constant source of pain, not only for you, but for others. And if you're loving God, and if you only do what falls into that category of, hey, I can love God and still do this, I promise you your life will get better. And if you do something, you know, I mean, I, I, I was preaching a few years back and this statement just came flying out and it has just been one of those ones that I've been like, if, if you have to say, I shouldn't do what I'm about to do, but come on now, you need to really give some serious thought. How many times have you ever said, I knew I shouldn't have said it. But open mouth, insert both feet. You've done the damage because you did not allow that check, that limitation of doing good unto others to guide your life. I think we talked about during the seven principles that we talked about a while back about how if everything you say does not build up others, then maybe you shouldn't say it. Because even correction can build up. Here's another thing he said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So not only are you doing good unto them, but you're treating them the way you want to be treated. That's good. If you treated everybody the way you want to be treated, that'd be a good thing. Man, there's things that I, I, I really want to do. I've got this neighbor that's got this dog from hell. It starts barking at 10 p.m. and doesn't stop till 7.30 a.m. Y'all got some of those too? In the middle of the night, I have devised all kinds of ways to explain to them why they need to shut him up. Some of them more pleasant than others. <laughs> you ever had that situation? Some of you going, it wouldn't last about three nights around my house, you know? And I'm going, I've never even seen the dog. He, he, they got it hid, and I'm like, oh. And it's, I struggle with it, but until I can do what's right, and do unto them the way I want to be treated, then I can't move. You see, that might just keep me at peace with a neighbor. It's not Pastor Michael, by the way. Some of you know that lives next to me. <laughs> Y'all be going, Pastor, don't preaching about you again. No, it wasn't. Here's another one. Here's a limitation. You have to learn to live with and forgive others as you want to be forgiven. No. That's really, I mean, that's part of the principle, but it's not just as you want to be forgiven. You need to forgive. You just need to forgive. A lot of us think, well, I don't have to be forgiven, so I don't have to forgive. No, you just need to forgive. 
You treat, you forgive them if you want to be forgiven. But what it says is if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven, not forgive them the way you want to be forgiven. And everybody's like, well, you know, I don't really care. You better start caring. Because this is a limitation Christ put on. And what you've got to understand, 99.9% of the time, unforgiveness binds you more than it binds the person that you haven't forgiven. And you just got to let it go. Pray for those who hate you and who deceptively use you. Wow, that one's hard. Those who take advantage of you, bless them. That's a pretty hard limit. God, I got to do this. And I don't know how many times the freedom that comes in my life and the freedom that it opens up for Christ, the majority of the time when God has not moved to my situation and I'm screaming why, it's because I'm blocking the way. When we get in line with Christ and we begin to say, God, you know, and I know I've told you this, and some of you, you've heard it for the, this will be the 1500th time you heard it said, you know, I always use the joke. The Bible says if you bless those that do wrong unto you, that he will pour heaping coals of fire out on their head. And so when I pray, I'm like, God, burn their brains out, Jesus. Just burn their brains out. I mean, it's what it says, right? And that's what you want. Lord, bless them, bless them, bless them. All right, now he's going to get them. What you're really saying is sick them, sick them, sick them, Lord. And that's not the way it works. He said, pray good upon them. Pray blessings on them. person that was hurting me years ago, I'd prayed and prayed and prayed and God wasn't moving. God said, bless them. God moved like that. Not only do we pray for those, but Scripture gives us a very plain thing, and this is hard. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. That's a teaching of Christ. That above all else, you get focused on seeking God. That no matter what in your life, and how many times have we been focused on a thousand other things other than seeking the will of God, doing the will of God, being, being involved. Because there's, you know, I've got to do this and I've got to be prepared for this. And, and Jesus made that pretty plain. He said, look, you don't really have to give a whole lot of thought what tomorrow holds, but what you need to do is serve God today. Seek God's kingdom. That's a limit that he's put in place, but yet we live so far from it. Because when's, I mean, let, let's think, who, who in this today maybe thought about it? I did. I thought about it today because I saw an article that, that you know, stimulated my thought process on this. I uh, thought about retirement. thought about what am I going to do about this? How am I going to live when I reach this stage? Who thought about that? We spend all kind of times thinking about how to get out of debt. How do I do this? How to do that? And the scripture says, if you're in debt, not to let yourself sleep, basically, until you get out. And I know all those things are in place, but we'll put all of that before seeking God's will. I mean, it's true. I talked about it Sunday. We'll cry when some young person says, I'm going to serve God because we think they're never going to have anything in life. I have watched. I watched one young man in our church, and I compared him constantly who said, and many of you all know who I'm talking about. He said, look, I don't care if you can pay me a dime or not. All I know is God told me to be here, and God told me to do this, and I've watched him never lack for anything because God has constantly not only promoted him, but he's literally lived a step above the majority of his peers in life because he has sought God first. This is key. It's a limit, but it's a limit that opens up the limitlessness of God. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Most of us are so focused on the desires of our heart, we forget we just need to have a relationship with God. He said, uh-oh, turn the other cheek. 
don't you mess with my kid. Come on, every, every woman's feathers just went, you know? Turn the other cheek, even if it's against someone you love. Amen. Do what's right. Limitations put in place that we have to learn to live within. Be concerned about the needs of others. Wow. That others' needs become more important than our own. Look, it's possible for you to go beyond what Christ has taught for you. In other words, you begin to live like these things don't matter. And this matters a whole lot because Jesus said it matters. Pastor Don, we want revival. Why would he send revival when we don't know how to live within the limit that he said be holy? You think God's going to pour revival out on vessels that are not prepared for it? He puts limits and says, okay, stay within these. And when you stay within these, I'm going to bless you in ways that you never imagined. As a matter of fact, you're going to know God in deeper realms than you could have ever possibly thought. And we'll get there in a moment. He said, stay within them, but some go beyond it. So what does it mean to go beyond these limits? It references those who in the name of enlightenment, see, that's what he was dealing with here. People who said they were more enlightened than others, who in the name of enlightenment or grace, throw off the limits of doctrine. So many people will know what the Bible says you're supposed to do on a topic. And when they don't do it, they say, oh, you're one of those ones that don't believe in grace. Grace never negates the word of God. Grace helps us in our failures rise up to the standard of the word of God. It says, though you have fallen a thousand times and don't measure up in this area, God's not through with you yet. He's there to help you arise. We don't throw off restraint. Listen, they throw off the limits of doctrine, those teachings of the limits, the rule that forms the basis of our belief that Christ has given. Many times their response and their presentation is that of someone scoffing or belittling those who feel different. You just, you just don't know yet. I mean, I've heard it seemingly thousands of times. You're, well, you're just, you're just under the law, brother. Really? The law has no need for grace because the law is designed to crush you. Grace says, all right, God, let me learn from what you... I mean, some of the law is weird, okay? I mean, it's weird. But if you look at what it said, a lot of the ways he described certain fabrics, the things they had to wear, it prevented certain allergies from coming against them. Certain things that we're no longer bound to, but they still bring, provide help for our bodies. We can learn from the Word of God. If people would learn to rest, we don't take a day of rest. We can fit church in, then we've got four games, and then we might just be able to get the Walmart shopping done. God Himself rested. Amen. We don't value what He was trying to teach us. We know the law is fulfilled. But they'll even make this kind of a statement. Their, their general position is, well, you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, brother. What that's saying is, work on yourself to line up to the standard, not decide what the standard is. Amen. It's important. Look, if you will found yourself within these limits of Christ, 
I, I want you to understand, you can be blessed beyond what others in your same demographic age bracket are. And when others are wondering whether or not they're going to make it, you can know you're going to make it because you're walking in forgiveness one for another. You know the hardest person to forgive sometimes is? Ourself. And I'll never forget when the Lord just taught me that really, really, I mean, y'all are not this dense. You may not be this dense, but the Lord taught me this. He said, Christina, it's not you. Because I was hard on myself, I was being hard on her. Because you better believe my family was going to toe the line if nobody else did. Amen. And he said, look, you got to walk in as much grace with her as, as you do with others. And I began to learn to live within those limits. And, and things began to get better in our lives. And then you move to a slightly more mature couple. <laughs> who are at a different stage of life. They're counting the days till they're all gone. Beware, though, they come back with more. Amen. All right. You know, <laughs> but they're counting the days. But they're at a different stage of life. They're in foundational stage. And you're at that transitional stage where a lot of people say, you know what? Oh, just listen to me. They just back away from the things of God. Because now it's their turn to live. But if you stay within those foundations of God, God will allow you to see to the third and fourth generations your children serving the Lord. And then we go just a little further. Somebody's like, please don't talk to me. <laughs> to a more mature couple. Old folk, he said. Where a lot of people end up saying, you know, we did our time. But you know what? When a lot of people were at this stage, this is the time to travel. This is the time to be gone. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying life. My, mom, my mom's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know? and so, but still at this point, the power that they have to influence younger couples, those who have not walked where they've walked, so key. Pastor Don, what does this have to do with, with where you are? I'm trying to tell you that if we all begin to live within the limits of, of what God has given us, God begins to bless us at whatever stage we're at in our lives with such an ability that others begin to watch and say, I want to be blessed the way they're blessed. Because that's what he says. If you live outside or beyond this, there's a problem. Listen to what he says. On the other side, those who hold to the letter of the law, uh, they belittle or attack those who, who, who don't meet up to the standard. But there's, there's a place of blessing. But it's not trying to feel like you know better than God. I don't know how many times people will say, well, God's just letting me out of that standard. Maybe they don't really say it that way. But they're like, you know, brother, that, that's, that's not for me. The better place is to learn to live within the truth in love and to live out our faith with fear and trembling is what the Scripture says. In other words, that we be determined, I am going to find a way to serve God no matter what stage of life I'm in. I'm tired of people saying, just because you're young, that, that you know, I love what the, the, the Bible says in Timothy, let no man despise your youth, but be an example of the believers in the way you act and the way you talk and the way, and examples of your faith and your purity. Let your life be a living example of what God can do. And I want you to see what begins to happen when you make a conscious decision that as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're going to live within the limits of Christ. We're no longer going to try to manipulate it and say, well, they just don't understand the truth. And the thing is, I know people who teach some pretty weird stuff. And maybe some of you are going, Pastor, and you're one of them. But you cannot say that I come up here constantly with a list of do's and don'ts. Now, you want to talk to me more personally, I may tell you some of those things. 
And I'm always coming up here and telling you, here's the basics of what you've got to know. And then I thought about last night when I was with our discipleship in our ministry school, I thought, that's how we take people so much deeper. We want you to get deeper in the things of God in the small groups. We want you to get deeper in these areas. And then this Wednesday night, this is a time that we do go deeper and we, we talk in, in a lot more depth. But I want you to understand, I'm not sitting up here constantly telling you, okay, I mean, I've been to churches where they stand up and say, if your hair is not this length and your dress is not this length in there, and if you don't do this and if you don't do that, and if you go here and you go, I mean, as one old preacher said, living on uh, his denominational campground, he sat there rocking in his chair and he said, you know, when I was a boy, they told me that if I took the scholarship for baseball they offered me, I'd go to hell. He said, now I sit here on my porch and watch him play baseball on the church property. I'm not talking about that kind of silliness. But I'm talking about learning to live our lives in such a way because you know if what you're about to do is right or wrong. You know it. You can try to justify, brother, we're not under the law. No, that's not what I'm talking. You know within your heart if it's right or wrong. And you make a decision. I'm not going to live beyond Christ's limits for my life. And here's what he says. He gives two situations. If we live within the limits established for our lives, then we can have a relationship with God. And he makes it real clear in both the Father and the Son. That caught my attention. But if we go beyond the limits of faith, then we never progress into a full-blown relationship with God. Pretty plain. If you learn to live in the limitations that Christ has said, do these things, you're not going to know God in one way. You're going to know him in two The other thing he says, look, if you don't learn to live holy and live right, you're never really going to know God. Wow. And I had to study this for a while, and I actually went through about 12, 13 commentaries today. This seems to imply that the way we approach God, we know, is through the way, the truth, and the life, who is Jesus So before we could ever come into relationship with our Heavenly Father, we must walk in true relationship with Jesus as our Savior, which is totally true, right? We must allow Him and know Him as Savior in our life, and we must never lose sight of that relationship. Now, the day that your relationship becomes works-based, be careful, because too many, here's what I see. When a Christian begins to become works-based, they'll fall and then they will die in that seat because they knew better. Are you following me? This is what he says, all right? He said, this is what the scripture tells us. We must constantly be revisiting those first works. Paul said, I do my first works over again. I'm constantly coming back and reminding myself that the only reason I'm here is because of the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. That's the only reason why I can serve God. Because in my own abilities, I will fail miserably. Everybody else agree? But the scripture implies there must be a moving past knowing him as Savior only. But that's all some people are looking for. They just want a Savior. Let's be honest about it. They just want to know Jesus as a Savior. They're, looking for a fa- they're not looking for a father who will instruct, stretch, and correct. They just want a savior. They want someone who can clean up all they've messed up. That's what they want. They want somebody that they can run to whenever they, they're all dirty and wash me. Constantly needing the savior. We're always going to have to go back and redo those first works over again. But there's a difference in wanting to know him more and only wanting to know him that way. And our churches are full of them. And here's the, here's the way that I equate it the best. There's a story in the Old Testament that really happened. Let me just be upfront about it. It really happened. You see, there was this big boat and this big flood. 
and all these animals. And of certain animals, he took two. And of certain animals, he took seven. And so it comes down to the end there. And he doesn't know if it's dry enough to go out or not. So he opens the window. And when he opens the window, he sends out a raven. And the Bible says that the raven would fly, and I love this in the King James, to and fro. Okay? So I don't think many of us use that. Are you going to and fro? But to and fro means that he actually was going from where he was to somewhere. Now, when the world is covered with water and you're on the only exposed peak, where is he going? Most theologians believe that where he was going was that he was going to the carnage that was floating in the water. And this raven would fly and land on these decomposing bodies of the dinosaurs or whatever you had there. Seriously. These huge decomposing bodies. And he would feast in the death. And I want you to notice this. And he would come back to the ark, but there was a difference. The Bible says that the dove would go forth and would find no place to put its foot. Watch this. And it would come back, and Scripture is very plain, and it would enter the ark. The raven never comes back inside the ark. The raven would come back to the safety of the resting upon the exterior of the ark. But it was satisfied with the meal it was receiving. But the dove would be brought back into the ark. Now listen, this is really sums up a lot of how we want to live in this situation. There's a whole lot of people that they don't really want to serve God. They want to live beyond the limits of Christ. Is this making sense to anybody tonight? They want to go out and live like they want, and just as long as I can get as close as I can to the ark, and I can, oh, just clean me up one more time. You know what? I need him to clean me up constantly. I have cried out, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. I'm quoting Psalms. 51, is it 51? Quoting Psalms, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, O God. Create within me a clean heart. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation more times than I want to in my life. I have to run back to that initial place over and over again because born to make mistakes, it seems. Born with his flesh nature that I have to war with so much and I constantly must need him as Savior. But I don't want to live in such a state that that's the only way that I know him. And that to do that means that I say, okay, I don't really have to live the way you want as long as I stay close enough to run to you in time of crisis. That's not what Christ called you to live like. He doesn't want you just to know him as Savior. These are the people who, who, who literally, they, 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 they pitch that, that, that home or that tent just outside the limits of God's 
presence. They want a relationship with the Savior, but they really don't want to serve God. They just want to make sure they can still come home when they want. They don't want a rule of life. They just want an open door for when they no longer feel welcome so they can come back in and be cleansed again. And I want to tell you, thank God for the grace of Jesus Christ. I don't ever want to create an atmosphere where people can't be forgiven because I wouldn't be welcome there. I need to be forgiven. But I'd never want to create such a watered-down faith that allows people to live beyond what Christ said we should live. I want them to know this is not acceptable. You know that sin you brought in here with you tonight? Everybody's got it, right? Scripture says it's a sin baby. It, it attaches itself to you and it grows and it grows and it grows. You keep feeding it. You're carrying it. It's crying. It's wanting more and more and more. And we've all got it. Now, you know, somebody brought yours here tonight. As a matter of fact, it's probably crying right now for some of you. Could be some kind of bondage, some kind of addiction, some kind of guilt situation right now. Crying out. And you are carrying it with you and you've learned to accept that. And Christ is saying, look, I didn't call you to live like that. I called you to be free. And within the limitations that I have given you, you learn to forgive those who wronged. You learn to get it under the blood of Jesus Christ. And we can defeat the very thing that you thought you would never beat in your life. I'm tired of people feeling like, okay, God can deliver me from this, but he can't deliver me from that. And the problem is we're living outside his limitations. When we get square in the middle of it and say, okay, God, I don't know how I'm going to beat this, but God, I'm going to do what you called me to do. I'm going to be what you called me to be. God says, okay, I'm going to make you who I want you to be now, and you're going to be free. That's what Christ wants for you. When we stop saying, oh, well, he'll allow this. No exceptions. This is how it is. You know, it was always my, my philosophy in school is don't break the rules, get exempted from them. I mean, that was it. My freshman year, out of six classes, I went to four and a half a day and didn't have to go to the others. They wrote them off. It was pretty cool. Had fun. I worked, basically. I, I should have charged them. Did all kind of stuff for the administration, the school. And it was a great time. It was fun as a kid. Not having to go to class, everybody else is in class. And that was where I learned that philosophy is, hey, I'm not having to skip class. I, they don't want me there. You know? But there are no exceptions to the principles of Christ. None. It's right or it's wrong. And Christ is saying, look, you're going, Pastor Don, you're preaching hard tonight. No, I'm just telling you what the Scripture says. Stop feeling like there's an exception and start realizing that there is forgiveness and restoration strength and healing within the limitations of Christ. But for those who truly embrace the Savior, not just as a sacrifice, but as Lord and Savior, there awaits a relationship not only with a Savior, but with a Father, Scripture tells us. Listen to what John chapter 1, uh, verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son is himself God and is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. He says, okay, get this, guys. Not only can you know Jesus as Savior, you can know him as Father. John chapter 5, verse 23, so that everyone will honor the Son just as they honor the Father, and anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent him. And let's just be blunt about it. Living a life that says, oh, he'll forgive me anyways is not honoring him. John 15, 23, anyone who hates me also hates my Father. And I'm just going to just cross a cultural issue here. 
your sons and daughters are being taught by mainstream media and being taught by an infiltration in our country that the gods of other religions are the same as our God. Particularly, they've been taught that the God Allah is the God Jehovah. They're being taught it in our communities. I, I, I guarantee it to you. Guarantee it in their classes. They were teaching that as far back as when I was in school. Te- they've taught it. They're teaching it constantly. But you let that same individual that teaches their God Allah is Jehovah, you let them be confronted with the image of Jesus Christ. And there will be a bitterness and anger and hatred that arises. Jesus put it this way. If you don't love me, if you hate me, you hate God. They're not the same. You can't love this one and not love Jesus. Plain and simple. Pastor Don, that was a divergence. Now I just want you to see that there's two distinct relationships here. The distinct relationships of father and son. And this is the way to have eternal life, John 17 and 3. To know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So in other words, that I can through Christ know the father. Now let me just give this to you quick. Quick ways that knowing the father will change from just knowing a savior. All right? When we know the Savior, we experience His love, but when we come to know Him as Father, we experience that unconditional love of a Father. When we begin to know Him as Father, we begin to realize what it's like to have protection. You ever just run behind, you know? There are times still today I'd probably try to run behind my dad if I could. Not only do we know Him in love and protection, and this is the hard part, We'll begin to know him in correction. I remember I was a teenager and I, I'd gotten in some kind of trouble or something. And my dad came down to my room and I thought, Lord, he's going to kill me. It would have been better if he had beat me. Because he just started talking to me about the things of God. And it was like, I was like, just, just, just beat me right now. <laughs> Slap me, do something where I can be angry. And he talked to me about the things of God and corrected me. And I was like, I just, I just wanted to be hurt because I was hurting on the inside, I guess. I was like, look, give me, translate this feeling somewhere else. And there's a time with God that God says, hey, you know better. My ways are better than that. And he corrects us. And to know him that way, I wouldn't want to trade it for anything. Because he says those that he loves, he also disciplines. Knowing him as that father, knowing him as a father means that we have supply because you have access to that which belongs to your father. Now, when my dad's grumbling about his tools being missing, he doesn't have to worry about this son. That's just how it is. If I try to build something, it's going to fall apart. This is just plain and simple. He's like, he used to call me, you got such and such? I'm like, dad. <laughs> What is that? You know, <laughs> he took me to work a couple times. He decided that he had one son that he'd teach to build and another son he'd teach to preach. Amen. All right. It wasn't good. But I know that if I need something and my dad has it, it's mine to use. I can go get it. 
That's the way a father's relationship is. And you learn when you begin to live within the limits of Christ. You learn to know him as father. And you begin to realize you have access to everything he owns. And all of his promises become yes and amen for you. And you can begin to live the life that you thought God was removing from you. And the truth was you living beyond what Christ had taught is what's kept you out. When you begin to live within the life of Christ, he said, seek first these things and everything you need will be added unto you. Now look, I realize this is not a dessert message. I realize this is not a camp meeting message, but this is what you need to live on. This is 1 John 2 and 23. Eternal reward will become ours when we know him as Father. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he has promised us. When we walk in relationship with him as Savior and Father, then we begin to experience the life he's called us to. It's more than God just give me a ticket. It's God, I want to be part of the family. That's where God wants you to come to. And here's what I wrote. We must literally build a home within the limits of faith in Christ. A lot of people don't want to build within the city limits because of the extra taxes or the extra this or the, the listen, building within the limits of Christ brings blessing. We got to choose to live there. That's what I wrote. There's a big word here. It says conclusion. So rejoice with exceeding great joy. Living outside the limits produces danger. In verse number eight, we would have read that be on your guard then so that you will not lose what we have worked for, but will receive your full reward in full. Listen to me, we'll receive your reward in full. That there is a danger of going back to the old life we have to be so careful for. That there is a danger in verse number nine that tells us of living beyond the limits of Christ, living the way that we want to live in the name of grace. And verses number 10 through 13 tell us, be careful who you walk with in this life because they will affect you more than you could have ever imagined. If you're walking with somebody who doesn't live within the limits of Christ, now I'm not telling you not to be a witness. I'm not telling you to reach out. Jesus ate with sinners. He never sinned with them. That we live within the limits and we're reaching out, drawing other people in. Here's the beauty of this. We'll never run out of space within the limits of Christ. No one's going to encroach on your place in God. There's room for everyone at Calvary. But it's very plain. He said, look, be careful you don't make the mistakes you used to make. Be careful that you don't make new mistakes in the names of grace. And be careful who you listen to because they will affect you. Wow. Be careful that you live not beyond but within what Christ called you to do. God, you're good. In this place tonight, Father, there are people that have really only embraced you as Savior. And they run back after failure, after failure, after failure. God, I thank you that tonight there's grace for us all. And Lord, that not only do we have that ability to run back, but this time running back will be the time that we make a decision. We're not going to go back again. We're going to walk in faith. 
We're going to walk in victory. We're going to walk in within the parameters that God has set with us. We're not going to try to excuse ourselves by saying that we are somehow exempted from the relationships that Christ has told us to live in and the, and the paths that Christ has told us to walk in. Lord, we live there because therein we realize that your law brings life. Your word brings joy, your peace that comes from knowing that you have taught us to serve you. Lord, we begin to line up with your word, which washes us clean within the limits of what you've taught us to do. Thank you, Father. And let us be careful who we walk with. Let us be determined to begin to, to, to invest in relationships of others who encourage us in the things of Christ. Inviting others to know you but building relationship with those that will show us how to serve you more. Father, thank you for what you teach us. And thank you, Lord, that we can learn to live within the limits and not only know you as Savior, but know you as Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.